Glad you're here for another episode of the Broadway show Uncut. This is a great one. Nathan Lane, he's on the podcast, and he's currently starring in his 25th Broadway show. 25th. It's Pictures from Home, based on the landmark photo memoir by Larry Sultan. It's a terrific show about family and memory. I spent some time with Nathan talking about Pictures from Home and a whole lot more, including Aging Gracefully, his Emmy award-winning performance in Only Murders in the Building, and his upcoming new movie, Bo is Afraid. Have a listen. This is your 25th Broadway show, right? Yes, okay. I, yes, that's what they tell me. <laughs> that's what they tell you. That's what how, my, how? My, my keepers tell me, yes. <laughs> how are you feeling? I mean, that, that old. pandemic, no. Terribly old. No, I like, listen, I talk about age all the time because I'm, yeah. I, once I hit 50, I thought I gotta keep that conversation going, but. Yeah. Um, that's the last birthday party I had. Is it? 50. Is it? No. <clears throat> that was the, a big, no. big one. It is a big one, right? Yes, no, I so had big. a party. I, I had a 50th birthday party at the Rainbow Room. Rented the Rainbow Room, had a full orchestra, 150 people. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, Elaine Stritch opened <laughs> and Bette Midler closed. Oh it gosh. was quite a night. That's how you celebrate 50. Yeah. Uh, age is an interesting thing to talk about these days, and I sure. know that's what you're talking about every night right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe too much for you, but um, but it really is something that we're looking at a little differently these days, don't you think? I, I think we are aging differently. Well, there are there are people who don't want to age. Sure. So there are no people to play el the elderly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> look at, you know, when you look at Jane Fonda, you think, wow, she right. must have started early. Right. She had a very good surgeon, and she's, it, she looks incredible, you know. Um, uh, yeah, aging, you know, the, what, what is it, you know, it's always the, you know, 60 is the new. Whatever. The new 40. Or, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it no, is anymore. People are, there's so many things to help keep you young or right. or either cosmetically or 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 health-wise mentally you mentally so that people uh, yeah are living much longer now and so it's different than say for example the characters in this play it's sure. taking place in the early 80s so it, people in their 70s then it was it's a little different well so let's talk about that uh, 25th a show we know that is it does it seem surreal that it's the 25th or do you even count or did someone tell you and it, you just realized it uh, I didn't count but um, it you know I've been around a long time so yeah it made sense that's, that it's added up to that I feel like this is an, inc an interesting one though for, for uh, you know 25 and pictures from home and you are talking about age and you are talking about life and you're talking about what's important and I think that um, when we really go to the core of you know what's important in our lives it's it's a very raw place to go yeah um, yes the play it, it, which is based on this very celebrated photo book memoir by uh, this uh, acclaimed photographer, Larry Sultan. I knew, knew nothing about this beforehand. Mm -hmm. I'd never oh, heard of the book. And I, I think most people haven't, unless you were in the world of photography. But it's, you know, I, I remember doing a photo shoot and the photographer said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm gonna do this play based on this book by Larry Sultan called Pictures from Home. And he was like, oh my God, that's oh. one of the top five greatest oh, wow. photography books ever. And, um, you know, I think when, when he started this project, uh, 
He wasn't sure what it was going to be. He just discovered this box of old whole movie movies in the, his parents' garage and then looked at them all and then started to photograph them. This is when they had a house in the San Fernando Valley. And, and then started interviewing them. And he was trying to figure it out as he went along and using his parents as the subjects mm -hmm. of this project, uh, which was highly unusual because it eventually went on for almost a decade. The fact that they allowed him to do this, right. uh, two weeks would be tops for me, <laughs> but they, for a decade, it shows the love they had for their son. And although they did it reluctantly, and when the, the play, which is kind of a memory play, is really about the last uh, scenes from the last two years okay. of this project. They, now they're eight, eight years into it, and they want to move to Palm Desert, and they want this to come to an end, and he's still trying to figure it out. And I think in the initial impulse for Larry Sultan mm -hmm. was trying to figure out his father, okay. who had been very successful, very hard won, a self-made man, came, was in an orphanage, came from Brooklyn to California and really worked his way up the corporate ladder to become vice president of sales at Schick Razorblades, which is something he's still uh, <laughs> dining out on is this, this time, this 20-year right. period, of being this executor, that sort of defines him. And he feels that Larry asking all these questions and, and taking these pictures and looking at these old photos of him in, in the corporate world, and he feels he's sort of trying to um, uh, undermine this, this, I won't say it's a fantasy, but it's, it's a romanticized version of his success. And that has meant everything to him. And, and strangely, they, the only reason he was let go from Schick at age 56 was because he refused to relocate to Connecticut, to the Connecticut branch. Right. He would show up, stay in a hotel, fly first class, mm -hmm. you know, check in with everybody, and then go back to California. And they said, you can't keep doing that. You have to go to Connecticut right. and be there full time. And he, he, I've listened to the... Um, tapes that Larry did with his parents and and the father can't even he says it's just I'm just perverse I just couldn't I didn't want to be in Connecticut and I think it's because he associated the East Coast with failure and the West Coast was all about success that's where he became a success and the oh, notion wow. of being back on the East Coast he it, it just didn't sit with him and so he didn't really work uh, steadily after that, and his and and the 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 real hero of the story is, of course, the mother, Jean, right. who's this wildly successful real estate agent, who who just used to say to him it was a hobby, but she's selling eighteen million dollars oh uh, of real estate a year, right. and that's what kept them going and living very prosperously, and um, so it's each character is fighting to tell their version of the family narrative. It's a, it's, an, it's a unique mixture of family dramedy, documentary, and this three-way TED Talk, because we, we address the audience directly through the entire play and use the real photos. And they, the audience comes to accept that, you know, we're not trying to look exactly mm -hmm. like them. Mm -hmm. We're suggesting the look, but we represent the father, the mother, and the son, the artist's son. And, you know, when I read it, I just thought, 
I just was incredibly moved by it, and uh, and it's also because it's about parents and sure. and, and death. <laughs> it's funny. There's a great deal of humor as well, sure. and so I, I um, and I thought it was a wonderful part, and I always wanted to work with uh, Bart Sher, who's just one of my favorite directors. So it's been a very happy experience and from the beginning with doing readings of it um, the effect it had on an audience was was palpable you just you know people they you know obviously enjoy the humor and then and they're incredibly moved and I, I think getting to know people too that you know you, you think you know all through your life you think you know your parents you think you know your your family mm. and then you you learn about them in a new way and I wonder if the audience feels that way too or now they have new questions about their own parents or their own mortality. Oh, I, it is a play that makes people want to talk mm -hmm. uh, afterward. They, uh, a lot of people tell me that, or they say, "You're, you were my father," um, or they want to call their parents, right. ch check in with them because, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's uh, Larry Sultan says this thing about. He says, "I know it's crazy, but with photography, you know, you, you want to stop time." By taking these pictures, I'm stopping time because I I want I want them to live forever, and uh, it's yeah it's it's I mean it's something we all have to go through. We're seeing our parents age, seeing ourselves age, and and um, and then also there's the 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 artistic side of it. He, he's trying to he's manipulating them. You know he's you know he's posing them. And, and that's what the father always fights against is what you know why why are you it's this is a fake photograph right. you're making me give a, le a lecture about sales in a suit right. <laughs> and he's very uncomfortable and there's a whole thing you've seen about that about he had gone to at night school and enrolled in how to win friends and influence Dale. people yeah Dale, Dale Carnegie Car yes. the Dale Carnegie course so he talks about that and what and sales and it was such that time too I mean that was the, oh that was definitely the, that was the self you yes. know, that was the Tony Robbins of exactly that time. exactly and he you know and it's a it's a lovely scene because he doesn't want to do it at all he feels very uncomfortable mm -hmm. and uh, he but once he starts to talk about sales and 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 how he would approach people he, he 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 comes to life in a way you haven't seen him and he you know like he has a, a limp right. that he sort of is in denial about and and then so but when he's doing this sort of the limp sort of goes away for a little bit because you know he's so caught up in talking about this and and uh, do you feel like this was so forward-thinking for that time period? First of all, to be doing this and following parents around for that—I mean, that's an incredible number of years. My dad is 82 and he, he, 83 now, and right. doesn't want me to, you know, take a photograph of him unless he's, you know, uh, with the whole family, not just with me. Doesn't want to be on video. So for him to be able to do that, yeah, is inc incredibly it's, speaks it's for, like for them, but the also first, for him. The first sort of. Yeah, <laughs> social, it you is. know, social it media. Is. Yeah, you know, photographing his parents, and and uh, I mean, the photographs are pretty extraordinary, and their decor, you know, is um, unique mm -hmm. to that time period, and and people who were sort of well off, but uh, you know, avocado was a very popular color with and them, orange. and orange, 
And yeah, no, it's hilarious. Because, uh, you know, we look at it now and it looks kind of kitschy, sure. but, but it's, um, they were, you know, they, his wife was very successful and, and you know, they live very well. And so, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, the play is, has, has these very universal themes. It's very relatable. The intimacy of listening to those uh, films for you, what was that like? I mean, not, I'm, well, oh, the, the tapes, the, tapes. the interviews. Yeah, because oftentimes when you do a character, I have to assume, with, you know, depending on the topic, you're not listening to their actual voices mm. unless it's, it's somebody that's real. But to have that, it's not a celebrity that you're listening okay, to. Okay, I'll, I'll be person. very honest with you and say they were excruciatingly <laughs> boring. You would not want to spend two hours with those two people. Char White, the playwright, wonderful playwright who wrote this piece, um, took all of that, and a lot of it is in the book, sure. but it's also in the book. It's been condensed, yes. some of these interviews. And, and uh, the father sounds not like you, what you would think he would sound like okay. at all. It's a, it's a sort of higher pitch, and it sounds, he sounds like he's from New England possibly Boston. He, you know, it's like someone who tried to get rid of a Brooklyn accent, and this is a sort of his version of a posh accent. And she doesn't have any discernible accent whatsoever. Uh, she's very calm and very, um, it's not what, <laughs> not what I imagined at all. And she even refers to his uh, when he was a traveling salesman or when he would go out, uh, you know, uh, um, as a sales exec, he was uh, um, he always, you know, fooling around on the road. Sure, sure. He was, a, you know, a lonely, <laughs> he was lonely. And she refers to him as a, uh, a dirty two-timer. <laughs> she says jokingly, you dirty two-timer, she says on the tape. <laughs> and he keeps saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And, she, and then at one point she says, Oh, but you know what? He was working very hard. He deserved it. I wow. thought we should put that in the play. I was going to say that's it's sort of interesting. Kind of progressive on Gene's part. It is. But he's he's uh, I I listening to him for uh, you know an hour or so. I listened, and it's like being trapped on a plane with, <laughs> with a traveling salesman. And it's really, Literally. it's really. He's not as funny as he no. thinks he is. Yeah. I mean, Char has given him a wonderfully dry, sardonic sense of humor, and um, and he's really, I mean, Irv Sultan was was a very angry man. They all sure. refer to it, sure. although you didn't, I don't hear any evidence of that in the tapes, but. What you could get through. Irv, where did you pull Irv from? Well, it's from what Char's writing. It's what, it's his version of Irv Sultan. Mm -hmm. Anything so, that you pulled from inside you, or people, or? Um, no, there was one thing I, I used to do, and I don't do it anymore. I did it in rehearsal, and they all, you know, it's one of those things, and, and then everyone thought it was hilarious, and then the audience could have cared less. Um, it was something my mother used to do, and, and she would, you know, I was, I'm talking about Larry. He's gone off stage, and I look to make sure he's gone. It's sort of, that's sort of written in. He looks off, and he says, and... And she would, my mother would get quieter as she talked. And this is why I worry about that. You know, it's like when they, when they said cancer. Cancer. You know. <laughs> she wouldn't actually say the word. It was something from another generation. And then, uh, and then everyone in rehearsal thought it was a riot. And then nothing during the show. So we, we eliminated that 
It just it amused me because it reminded me of my mother. But no, it was that generation? They would always yes. whisper the word they weren't supposed to say. No, I think you know the the you know it's like Irv has this speech uh, that sort of goes all you know. It's like he wants to talk. He says, "Here's the thing about Larry," and then the speech is all about him. <laughs> it's all about him. Of course. Because I think he's bored, and I think he's you know frustrated that he's not working, and uh, you know it's. It's, I think you, you know, you know this kind of person, there's a sort of macho thing happening and he doesn't want to show any vulnerability. And yet I, I think he's incredibly vulnerable at times in the play. And you know, it's all, Char has provided this version of Irv. I mean, there were things that I picked out from, there was in one of the interviews he talked about working in a, uh, early on when he was a clothing salesman, he worked in an English clothing store and they made him change his name to John Sutton oh because God. of right. that. I uh, where that's an accent came from too. And he said, you, you have, yes, you have no idea about prejudice until you pass yourself off as somebody else, as one of them. Irving Sultan was a Jew, but John Sutton wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it was this whole thing about anti-Semitism and I thought, right. this should be in the play. Sure. You know, it's 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 too good. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so things like that. Uh, you know, little moments of there was something he said. He talked some of the. It, some of it is verbatim from the interviews. Wow. Uh, he talks about the, what gnawed is him, gnawed at him after leaving Sheck is the, the feeling of being out of it, out of the mainstream, and nobody wants you. Relevance, um, relevance, yeah. being invisible. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, it's really, it's, it's, it's um, partly from the interviews and partly what Shar has, has created from it, that It's an incredible material. time, though, to be talking about uh, something like this, too, because I do think that we're, we're living longer, obviously. We're working longer. We're, we're doing all these things, and we're seeing people in their, you know, 80s, 90s, living. I've never seen so many people that are living past 100 years old right now. But to right. know that there are, there's relevance past those ages. Well, as long as important. you're still got as long as you're healthy. Your, your health and your mental right. capacity. I mean, look at Mel Brooks. He's 96, just finished doing History of the World Part Two, the series. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> So, you know, that's great. But I was waiting around for I was waiting around for that for twenty five years. <laughs> it's finally They teased it at the end of one. About, I was waiting forever. It's finally about to arrive, yeah. Um, only murders in the building, I have to bring that up because sure. it was certainly nice to see you pop up and stay. Uh, that had to be fun. It just looked like it was fun to do. Yeah. Well, sure. Steve. I, I won an Emmy, so <laughs> what could be bad about that? It's never bad. But I know you don't do things for that. I know you do things for because it interests you. I've I only hope to win an Emmy. That's all. <laughs> this was my, you know, this was my seventh nomination. Well, so seven. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I had two daytime Emmy awards, one, but know. you know, they're as you know, they're filled with chocolate and not taken quite as seriously. <laughs> quite as heavy. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, no, no, it was, you know, I've known Marty and Steve for a long time, and, and so I, I, when they said that we want you to, that they want you to play this part, I said, mm -hmm. great, and, and, uh, and I thought it was just going to be comedy, right. and then it, my stuff was, you know, I won for, for doing drama in a comedy. I know. Uh, because I, I had this very special episode they did, which was the silent episode, mm -hmm. uh, and I, because I have, a, I have a deaf son, and all of our scenes were, mm -hmm. I was doing American Sign Language, right. 
And, um, and the wonderful young actor who played my son was just fantastic. And, and um, no, so it was, it was much more challenging and, 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 and it was very, you know, it was not what I expected, which, was all, which is always great. Well, it was really spectacular because you don't expect to be watching something silent, you know, and so when that happened, you pay more attention to it. Yeah, no, it was a very ambitious yeah. thing to do, but it, I, it really paid off. What's next for you? What's next? Yeah. Uh, what's next is I have this movie called Bo is Afraid, starring Joaquin Phoenix. All right. Uh, which comes out April 21st. It is directed, written and directed by Ari Aster, uh, who did Hereditary and Midsummer okay. uh, for A24. And it's, um, it's an epic tale of guilt and a... <laughs> and a a man's odyssey to get home to see his mother. Oh, wow. And uh, um, yes, I've been referring to it as the Jewish everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, it's a three hour art house film mm -hmm. that's, uh, <laughs> that I think will, people will love it or hate it. Do you oh, know what boy. I mean? Yeah, I do, I it's do. It's that kind of, it's for people who care about cinema. Okay. And it's, There's a lot more people that do nowadays, I think. They yeah. appreciate it more. It's, it's an ambitious film. It's really beautiful. It's uh, very smart and, uh, and, you know, slightly insane. Um, and it goes, you know, to very interesting places. It's sort of the, it's, it, it, like many epic tales, it's in sections. There's the opening section that sets up his right. predicament in sort of this Kafka-esque. He lives in this horrible neighborhood <laughs> and he can barely get out of his apartment. Right. And then he gets hit by a truck driven, <laughs> driven by Amy Ryan, my okay. wife, and I play her husband, I'm a doctor. Okay. And so the second section becomes sort of black comedy. All right. And then he's, he, we seem to be nice people and we're nursing him back to health, but we can't seem to let him leave. We keep saying we're going to help him get home, right. but we don't. And so something sinister is going on underneath, sure. but it's also sort of darkly funny. So you can't stop watching when that happens. And so. then he escapes right. and he wanders into the forest where, where a theatrical troupe is putting on a play. And it seems to parallel his life, right. which, and then it, so it gets rather surreal. And then the last section, he finally gets home, mm -hmm. and there are many surprising things <laughs> that happen. I feel like now I have to see it, even if it is three hours. <laughs> You've convinced me somewhat. <laughs> it's uh, look, Joaquin Phoenix and Ari Aster. They're they're genuine artists, mm -hmm. and this is a big swing. And it was I had such a great time working with both of them. I love them to death. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm telling you all this, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I haven't seen this thing. I'm well, going to see it. If you want to relax here for a little I, while, yeah, we can see. We can bring, bring it, it in. Yeah. Uh, no, I have, I'm going to see it next week. But, right. um, you know, I loved being a part of it. Well, you know, you light up a stage, you light up a screen, you do. Thank people, you. People autom I automatically smile when I see you pop up in something, so it's oh. it's nice. I'm serious. Thank you. They know Thank I don't you. compliment so many people, but no. <laughs> 
And if you're interested in tickets to pictures from home, head over to Broadway.com. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway Show Uncut. Uncut.